It's important to set boundaries in your marriage, but it's also important to be proactive, to step into your marriage and do the things we each need to do. You're listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and it's always fun to have you, you Rosemary, in, to this, here. in the studio. <laughs> no, I, it's, I like I have an ally yeah. here, you know? Yeah, and, we can and, gang and up together on him. And don't you, you say it that way, too. You say, <laughs> we say, we have Bob and Rosemary Barnes. That's the way you do it every time. It's like this, this girl power thing. Well, we're talking, and we're picking up on something we did some time ago. We did, Rosemary, a time on setting boundaries for your marriage. And even on a Parenting on Purpose broadcast, it's important to know that our marriage has a monstrous impact on our children, and not only in the security of the children, but the future of the children. Our children will learn much about marriage from us, and I want them to not have to undo some things. I want them to learn, and one of the things that they need to learn is um, that they need to protect their marriage uh, and guard their marriage, but they also need to jump in and be proactive and work on being married, not just getting married, but being married. I think the place to start, since we're starting this week with this, is maybe a little bit of review of the boundaries, is to spend some time looking at setting boundaries, why it's important, how you do it, and in a culture that really doesn't like any restrictions at all, in a culture that doesn't like to be told you can't do that, you can't go to lunch with a member of the opposite sex if you're married, you need to bring a third party. So maybe let's let's begin with that and talk about this incredible need for boundaries primarily because how many people have we known that crossed the boundaries because they didn't have any boundaries and all of a sudden they can't believe what's happened. So maybe we'll start with boundaries. Yes. And I think that especially in this cyber age that we're in with all the uh, technology and and social media and everything, it's just something that we really need to think through and be proactive in our relationship as far as thinking it through. And I think there's another thing, and Ruthie and I were talking about this the last time we were on the subject after the fact, that we are in, especially here in South Florida, we are in a very, very sensual inappropriate dress as far as people are concerned, even within the Christian community. I think within churches, I think in ministry, people dress inappropriately, for example. Why do you think that is? And we're obviously talking about your gender. Why do you... I think we're obviously talking about your gender, right? Okay. (laughs) Yes, Um, generally. Why why do you think that there's not an understanding? Why do you think that there's not a where a woman comes to Christ and doesn't catch that dressing like that, dressing sensually, dressing revealingly, dressing like you've got a spray can and sprayed your clothes on. Why do you think that that hasn't, they haven't gotten that part of the gospel? And then we've got two generations of women here. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I mean, it just seems logical to me that you don't come walking into church with something that low cut. Well, I, and just a disclaimer, it doesn't mean that you're not fashionable right. at Absolutely. all. Uh, but I think uh, sometimes the fashion that is out there is already borderline, so it's kind of it's it is challenging sometimes yes. to find the clothes because that was always my challenge. Even growing up in South Florida, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to shop, so oh, that right, I, right. as a teenager, could dress appropriately. But I I don't know what you'll say, but I I'll just throw in there. I think it's almost a sense of power that women have. We don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we don't know it up front, but subconsciously, it's a power that we have that if I can dress a certain way, mm-hmm. I have a certain power over men, right. maybe. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. you think. Well, and I think, again, we, we already really said this, but we live in South Florida, which is a very warm climate. We have multi-ethnicities represented in our area that have different you know, understanding about appropriate clothing and so forth. And so I think those things add to the fact that that's something that we really you know, have to deal with. And yeah, very, I mean, very true. You go to any Caribbean 
country, which we have a huge representation right. of the Caribbean here, and you go to any of those countries and they're all in tank tops, yes. skin tight clothes, as little as you can because it is so, so hot. hot. So that is another so reason. So that's right? the reason it's so hot. No. No, not yeah. the reason. But it is, you know, that yeah. it is a it factor where we live. It. Yes. But it, again, I don't know what else you Well, your power word was strong because your power word really kind of indicates it's a marital statement also. If I have no power with my spouse or I feel I have no power with my spouse or the woman's not receiving the encouragement she needs from her spouse – there is a power in having men look at her. And ironically, what you should or shouldn't wear in church is what you should or shouldn't wear anywhere in public. I should take it with me. Well, anyway, in that, one of the boundaries we need to establish for each other is how we will function, whether it's in church, in public, anywhere, how we will function. And that's a conversation. It's right. different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we want to ask you as a very visual man. That how do you Wait a ask me as a man so that makes me very visual or yes, a man would who be a has better... visual issues? <laughs> well, which... I think the first, I hope the first, but anyway, <laughs> I think that as a man, you know, we've established that men are very visual, women are emotional. And so, what we want to ask you is how do you do that? How do you put boundaries around yourself as a visual man, as a man who is visual? And in, a, in the workplace, out there, in church even, how do you deal with that? And how do we as wives feel secure knowing what you're exposed to day in and day out? Mm. I think it starts obviously with a choice, and it's not taught generally. I mean, I spent time teaching this to Roby while he was growing up, but it starts with a choice and a desire not to even do this for you but a desire, and, and there's, this, there's this war inside my heart, and the war inside my heart is for who's in charge of me. And the war inside my heart, as Paul said, is to work out my salvation, work it out of me into my daily life, that the fruit of the Spirit is in me, but it could stay seeds and never be fruit, and I would never be fruitful. So the battle here that we have to go through and the difficulty here we have to go through is I've got to decide it's not my eyes that have the problem. It's the thoughts behind the eyes. It's the heart behind the eyes. It's the passion behind the eyes. It's what I think when I look and don't turn away. And I have to decide if I want God to use me, if I want God to work out of me the things he wants to do with me, he knows the plans he has for me, then I've got to decide there's some heart issues I have to deal with. And I have to decide, again, not for you, because it, the guy could say, well, my wife's not meeting my needs, so I'm, I'm looking and I'm clicking on things. And, and it's not a marriage issue. It's deeper than a marriage issue. It's a mm -hmm. take captive every thought, the Bible mm -hmm. says, issue. And uh, the Bible says, guard your heart. And so every man has to come to a point where they decide I'm not doing this. I think I've used this illustration before, but when Roby was about 12, we were at a Miami Dolphins game and, and uh, we were about six or seven rows up and I looked down on the front row and uh, there were six or seven of my friends and they were watching the game and uh, the game was at the one end of the field, but they had binoculars looking at the other end of the field and they were looking at cheerleaders and Roby asked me, what are they looking at? And uh, so I walked down there to them and they were all Christians. I walked down there to them. I said, my 12-year-old wants to know what you're looking at with the binoculars. And, and I laughed. Awkward. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I laughed, they laughed, but they put the binoculars down. And one of them commented later, and I don't remember what he said, but he made a statement. You know, you just do things because they pass you the binoculars and you don't think about it. And I mean, he didn't say thank you, but in effect, you know, thank, thank you for the reminder. I think it's so cultural to look. And so which comes first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, it's cultural to look, so, so the women in our culture and our churches dress like that. I've got to decide that there's an internal boundary and it's not just marital. It's, I know this sounds so churchy, 
but I know he's got great stuff for me and I don't want to do this battle. I don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was Dr. Hawley that made the statement that time when he was wherever that was. And he said, Bob Barnes is the most average guy I've ever seen doing great things for God. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm way over my head all the time. And so I don't want to pollute where God dwells by being passionate about things I shouldn't be. Getting back to the maybe the modesty issue, if we call right. it like that. So you two are married, Rosemary's beautiful. What as a man then do you want? Because we hear that phrase, you know, having the trophy wife. There's the man that's proud of having his well-dressed wife. And she's mm-hmm. also happy that mm-hmm. she is well-dressed and kind of represents her marriage as kind of put together and all that. What do you have to say about that, maybe knowing how many marriages you've seen like that in South Florida? Again, I think that those clothes that we're talking about that are inappropriate are for home. Mm -hmm. I think that she needs to desire to pursue her man knowing he's visual. I think we're here in South Florida and he needs to know he's going to face that. Those are hurdles he's going to have to deal with and he has to choose. He has to choose. He just has to choose. So let's ramp it up a little bit. He has to choose to not let himself get even close to these situations. It's not a matter of somebody walking by, but it may be a matter of a business luncheon with a woman, and she comes dressed like that. Mm-hmm. Multiple things happen. He's sitting across the table from her at lunch with a woman who's not his wife, who's dressed inappropriately, and let the battle begin. And then somebody walks by that knows him, thinking, wow, what's this? What's happening here? So all of a sudden, he's insulted his wife. He's insulted his God. And he's insulted his own intelligence, which it's a reason that it's not just walking by that in church or walking by that, but make sure you don't, you know, Psalm 1 1 says, Blessed is the man who doesn't sit in it. Stop and sit. Don't set your don't set traps for yourself. It's very important not to set traps. Some time ago we did a week on boundaries. I think what needs to happen though is and what we're doing this week is once the boundaries are on the field, it's time to jump in and play the game and have fun playing the game. And we get so busy in our culture that we don't sit across the table from the beautiful woman we're married to. We end up other places because we're busy and you get the kids and I'll get the kids and we'll do this and we'll do that. And we, we realize, wow, when have we actually ever talked? Uh, we don't talk and we, we don't find our time to be alone and we don't even find those sensual times to be alone. But it's not only that, it's we don't take the advantage of the opportunity to teach it to our sons. We need to pass this on to our sons because they're going to be more sensualized, if that's a word, than we could ever dream. And so we need to be raising our little boys to this is why, Roby, this is why I don't have binoculars. This is why I don't look at it. And we need as mothers to be training our daughters to be stylish, to look good, but within modest boundaries. And I think you said it early on, Ruthie, that we don't have to look frumpish either as Christians. We want to look stylish. We want to look put together. But I think we need to train and teach. And I remember that was a battlefield with Tori. Oh, of course. uh, She was a normal little girl. Why can't I wear that? And um, to say, I'm sorry, you're not walking out of the house in that. The skirt's too short. The top's too tight or whatever. And it wasn't a pleasant thing, but it was something that we really tried to ingrain. Tori, interestingly, today, as a young mom, is very conscious of, I don't know why she's wearing that out there, you know, things like that. So it really took. So I think even though it's difficult and it might not be a fun conversation to do with the daughter, it's mandatory that we do that. We have to decide we're not here to be their friend. There are friend moments. But my primary responsibility is to train her up in the way that she should go rather than walk along the road with her wherever she goes. 
And so there are those times. There was a word she hated when she challenged us on clothing once. I know what it is. What is it? Appropriate. It is. It's the word appropriate. I knew it because my parents oh. told me that all the oh. time. And I think it does yeah. sink. It's almost a guarantee. If you have yeah. a teenage daughter, you're going to have these arguments. Yeah. Get ready yeah. for them. But yeah. they're worth having because yeah. it does sink in yes. over time. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, we just word, wish you it? as daughters would look back at us and say, you were right, <laughs> yeah. Dad. Yeah, I you were on behalf of your daughter and myself. You were right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somehow that didn't do it for me. That, that wasn't enough. Doesn't cut. It's not no, enough from my mouth. No, you have to no, hear it from no. Tori herself. Well, it wouldn't be enough from hers either. I, I'd want to hear it once a day for ten years. Okay. But well. but when she would come to us and say, "Where's it in the Bible that I can't wear that?" Yeah. And that's I, when we found a word called appropriate. It's just inappropriate. But I think the other thing that I don't get is the insult. It's an insult to the American female. That's how you know me. You know me for that low top. That's how low cut top. That's how you know me Mm -hmm. rather than I have a brain. Mm -hmm. And there's been a screaming now for two generations. We have brains. The female gender has brains. Then lead with your brains. And because there's this vicious web, lead with your brains. And gentlemen, stop staring. Stop buying whatever and let them lead with their brains. And somehow we need to raise a generation of women that are gorgeous women like the two of you. Go out of here, dress appropriately and lead with your brains and lead with your talents and lead with the gifts God's given you. That one of the boundaries is we have to have those discussions. I, and I know some ladies are listening now, I wish my husband felt that way, but he wants me to dress like that out there, the trophy wife you're talking about. And we still need to have those discussions and we still need to help him or whoever it is realize, what are you teaching your daughter? Why would I get an education, mom? Why don't I just buy the right clothes? What are we teaching the next generation? But also as a man, never to put myself, have a boundary. I will not put myself in a situation where I am in a luncheon or a dinner or a breakfast with a member of the opposite sex. And vice versa too. Women can get caught in that stuff. Oh, absolutely. This is a rule. This is a boundary because then I won't be caught when the evil one is prowling like a roaring lion going, okay, now is the day I will have her dress in a way he's never seen her dress before. And he's trapped. And he's got to get out of that trap. So you get out of that trap by not allowing yourself to be near that trap. We're talking about the need to set boundaries. And that really, really does mean that we need to sit down together as a husband and wife, establish some boundaries for us and our children, and then move on from there and jump into the middle of the marriage and be proactive. You've been listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And if today's program helped you out and you actually want to hear the entire week-long series that we did about setting boundaries in your marriage, look that up online at parentingonpurpose.org. You can hear all the broadcasts, check out the blogs, even sign up to get all the future ones as well. And to find out more about Sheridan House Family Ministries, the children's homes, and a lot of resources to help your marriage, all the proceeds of those actually go to the children's homes, go online to shfm.org. We hope you join us tomorrow. We'll be getting into the nitty gritty of having a proactive marriage here on Parenting on Purpose. 